from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm here with my co-hosts Austin Pinto, John Dyer, Karen Kiwan and Sally Kunders. And we're coming to you on Saturday the 10th of February 2024. In this week's episode we have our usual announcements. We then move on in our Android Basics section to look at uh, the next part of our One UI tour where John takes us through location settings. It's John again for the spotlight where he unboxes yet another new phone, a OnePlus 12. And we conclude with a segment on Jishuo from Karine where she shows us how to get Jishuo to spoof talkback in order to provide greater accessibility in certain circumstances. If you were paying attention at the start of the episode, you will have noticed that I did not mention the podcast's uh, founder, co-founder. Did you co-found it with Warren Austin or did he found it by himself? No, we co-founded it. You co-founded it. Well, and he, yeah. I don't think he's missed an episode, but he's taken a well-deserved break and he's gone off to a, a college for a bit of a sabbatical and to do some teaching overseas. So he will be back with us uh, in due course in about a month or so, give or take. But uh, we shall steer you through in the meantime, providing you with uh, good content, hopefully. And, and let's see how everyone's doing. How are you, Sally? I'm doing well. It's very cold over here. It's like five degrees and we're expecting some rain for tomorrow. Snow is not yet coming here, but it's very cold. And how are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, loving the fact that in the Afri- uh, in AFCON, Africa Cup of Nations, the, the, the managerless Ivory Coast have somehow yeah. got to the final. Absolutely no, crazy. Uh, I remember the day the the game they lost four four nil and okay yeah. they were like almost out of the cup <laughs> and look at them there in the final now. But, well, they thought they were, and that's why they sacked their manager. And then yeah. the they went through as a third place. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> as as a fastest loser in track and field terms, and uh, yeah, and, and they're the host as well. So conceivably, they <laughs> they could going to be a great game, right? Against the Super Eagles, yeah, definitely. Uh, they haven't done much for a while, so. Uh, uh, Interesting to see those two back in the ascendancy. All well here in London. Bit drizzly. A little bit warmer than you have it. Maybe nine or ten. But uh, yeah, it's all, all fine. And I have a week off next week. It's um, school holiday. So I'm doing some childcare related things. So that's all good. Uh, John Boy, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I got a new phone that I've been using or trying to use that's my main phone um it's i've had issues with my carrier who is cricket i went through i jumped through a whole bunch of hoops trying to get phone calls working everything works but phone calls and they tried to tell me it was my phone and take it back so i bought a burner sim on amazon just a ten dollar sim to try and it worked perfectly fine so it's not my phone so (laughs) now i just have to decide if i want to fight with them over it or not the sms works <laughs> i did not try it um i would yeah I, I would but mobile data works does it oh yeah yeah data works yeah. text messaging works sms and mms work everything works but calling yeah, yeah i can't receive phone calls either it just goes straight to voicemail if somebody tries to call me yeah odd yeah hopefully you can get that sorted out uh austin how are you i'm good the weather is not it, it cannot make up its mind whether to remain cold or whether to remain hot in two days they're saying it's going to rain in my state so i don't know what's going to happen but anyway yesterday was my birthday so it was fantastic and it uh, feels really weird recording the podcast without warren because warren would comment on everything especially the in the pre-show, we were remembering Warren in the last part of the CSR uh, debate that, where he would do a debate on how CSR and TalkBack would spoof each other and TalkBack would be better and he would say, nonsense. 
<laughs> yeah. I think there is a point that Warren would make in this, uh, 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 in the comments on Kareen's demo this week that I will make purely to annoy Kareen because it's funny annoying people. And I love doing that, as you may have possibly gathered uh, from, from from listening to me. And and speaking of Kareen, how are you? I'm fine. Everything is going well here. Uh, nothing important. Uh, life as usual. And actually, because you're mentioning Warren, we will miss him so much. And um, But he called me today and he told me that um, whatever Jishuo does and whatever the developer does, it would be a great thing. And he just likes to use Jishuo and he will use it when he returns back from from, <laughs> from the Yeah. Listeners, I think, from previous episodes can judge the veracity of that story for themselves. I don't think we need to uh, uh, challenge Kareen on that. I think you can possibly form your own views. Yeah, but to, Warren to... is not here. <laughs> Warren is not here to challenge me, so no one can prove this. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. Let's turn to our announcements then. And Austin, we've got a couple of things just to briefly mention this week, haven't we, I think? Google pushed out a new QPR of Android 14 security patch of February for all the Pixel phones and it fixed 15 security flaws. It fixed some of the displays getting corrupted on some circumstances. A lot of stability and performance improvements, Wi-Fi stability and all those things. And then next week, it pushed out another st- uh, special update for Pixel 5a. Now, that is an old phone and Google still cares about it. It really makes very fantastic thing. But the special update fixed a very important problem where 5a devices would just enter a boot loop and would break so that fixed that there were a lot of slow and app stutters and ui stutters and it just improved the performance of 5a so some nice treats for the old phones and uh, some upr for the new pixels was the 5a the one they only released in the us and japan I think they did that. There was one of the A series, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure it was the 5A. Uh, so, yeah, that is a pretty niche update given the markets it was released in. But as you say, good they're caring for that. And uh, the the Nokia brand, after, uh, I guess, a, a slow decline, might, might finally be on the way out, might it? Yeah, so HMD Global has said that it's not going to use the Nokia brand. It is going to launch phones according to the design of Nokia Lumia series but the branding will be HMT Global. So Nokia released their phones and they were very popular for those of you who don't know about it. I don't know how you will not know but before Android and iOS would come they were really popular the Nokia 1011 and the 11, the 111 and all the others. The Nokia 666-000 was the first smartphone i should say that i have it was smart according to those times and they launched a killer phone to the ios but the downfall of nokia happened because the management did not think that nokia and especially iphone would be a threat to nokia and then nokia sold their division to microsoft where the microsoft mobile windows did not do any good so Nokia was not to be blamed there because the mobile windows and then they sold to HMD Global and then started the decline of Nokia. So right from iOS to Android, as iOS launched, slowly, slowly, Nokia's decline started. Does anyone want to like comment or refresh the listeners' memories on what was your first Nokia phone or whatever? Yeah, you mentioned a couple of iconic Nokia phones there, the 6600. It it wasn't my first one uh, because I was in I, I was living in Germany when Torx at the time that was a screen reader for for Symbian. Torx was spelled with an X at the time. They changed it to KS eventually, 
and it was released on a couple of palm top style Nokia phones, uh, one of which was end of line by the time they released the software. But I got one second hand, and this was 2002, and it was the Nokia 90, Communicator 9110. And um, the English synthesizer on it was so bad that it only knew a very few words and it spelt all the other ones. Uh, but it was the first time I could read text messages, SMS messages from a phone. There was Nokia PC Suite, which you could use, uh, and you could have your Nokia phone operate as a modem as well. When I was living abroad, I had my Nokia, I think it was a 6110 back then, and it's 14.4K modem having me, having me providing me with internet uh, for two months. But I got this uh, communicator, and it was amazing. Uh much more revolutionary in my uh, from my point of view than the iPhone and, and smartphones were because they were evolutionary, albeit they can do more. H- having a talking mobile phone was a revolutionary thing, and that was definitely Nokia. But then I got the, the 6600, which you mentioned, uh, had that phone for a while. The, the, the Nokia, the one that rivaled the iPhone, I think that was the N97, wasn't it? Um, that, uh, yeah, the, the I, I didn't... Oh, 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 yeah. So, so, so that, they, yeah. uh, but, but they, 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 they evolved that because the communicator series was, they had those, some of those before the iPhone anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, they evolved those. Um, yeah. And then, as you say, they went to Microsoft. They did block their own copybook though, because just as they, um, they had some Windows, uh, um, some phones running on, um, uh, Windows phone, but then <laughs> they were sold to Microsoft and they released an Android phone while Microsoft owned them, which Microsoft weren't very happy about. Uh, so whether that <laughs> started the beginning of the end, I don't know. But then, as you say, the brand was sold to HMD, and we'll we'll go. Did we all have Nokia phones? Sally, did you have one? Well, of course. I've started with N70. It was also uh, coming with uh, Symbian Series 2, like Series 62. Well, mm-hmm. I liked it. It was a really good phone with... Um, Really nice speaker on the top. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. The dual cameras. I think it's one of the very first phones coming with dual cameras. Like one Karine, in the back and then the front. Karine, were you, were you a Nokia girl? First, I started in 2010 uh, with the E52. Uh, you know, <laughs> the days of the phone that will that will have a battery that will last for... Um, seven days. So yeah, those those phones, those days, and uh, you know, th- th- those days are like you feel nostalgia to those days sometimes. Um, yeah, they 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 were sort of special. Nokia did a nice job in in like uh, creating phones that were not similar to each other, like the phones that we have now. Uh, they they had uh, some some like thinking when they were doing the phones. They were trying to do something. And uh, you know the the phones were really durable. You 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 like you, your phone will fall your phone will fall down. You will take it, the battery, uh, the, the cover, everything, and then you put it back, and it would work. So yeah, those were really durable. And of course, they would work with cracked screens as well because you didn't need the screen to operate it if you couldn't see it. Uh, I have many a Nokia with a cracked screen. If you if you are able to crack the screen actually in the first place because they were really some yeah a, a mugger and I had a dispute as to who owned my phone and we we concluded that I did but unfortunately the, the phone got smashed in the process as we were as we were arguing about whose phone it was uh, I think that was a that was a thirty two ten I think uh, it went for quite a long time after its screen got broken in the in in the scuffle. John, what about you? I'm the outlier here. So I have owned probably five Nokia's phones, and none of them are Symbian or Android. They were all Windows phones. So a few I can think of that I had were the 1020, uh, the 1520. Um, uh, yeah, and the 1320, and a couple of others that I don't remember. But the 1020 was... It had a 41 megapixel camera, which at the time was crazy. I think the highest one on a, on a phone was uh, 12 megapixels at the time. And that thing had the biggest camera bump. It was ridiculous. 
I do have a Windows phone Nokia kicking around somewhere. I can't remember what, what it was, but it cost me £50. And I thought I would buy it to see what Windows phone was like. Um, I remember the activating speech on it was kind of annoying and didn't work in the way it was supposed to. I don't know what model it was, though. I might see if I can resurrect it and find out. But uh, it was an interesting, interesting concept. Did you like Windows Phone? I did. So was yours Windows Mobile, like, before 7, or was it Windows no, Phone? No, like, later. From 7. Windows okay. Phone. Yeah, that's what all mine were, Windows Phones. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did no, like them. I, I didn't depend on... I had a lot more vision back then. I didn't depend on screen reader as much. So it did have narrator, but... You know, if it if it didn't work perfectly, it wasn't the end of the world for me. Like it also had magnification, it had dark theme and a lot of other accessibility settings that I use. So accessibility wasn't great on them, but it was there. Yeah, you could certainly do like the core the core things. You could send messages. I'm pretty sure email worked. Uh I vaguely remember starting it involved a hardware and software button at the same time. I can't quite remember how that worked, but I couldn't do it and I had to get someone else to do it. Yeah, um, that's very possible. Yeah, uh, but I might I might try to get out at least to work out what phone it was. So my first Nokia phone, the double six double zero, that was the tank, and really, it was. if anyone, yeah, if anyone listens to my Android journey, I mentioned that. And my first touchscreen phone when I came across touchscreen was my friend's Nokia C five or C six. So it had this slidable touchscreen that was like on the top and it had this QWERTY keyboard at the bottom and those are the best phones. I just saw that phone and I wanted to buy the phone. Now in India, the talks, TalkBack, I mean not talks, but TalkBack, no not TalkBack, talks was working only on very expensive Nokia phones and talks itself was expensive. But also in India, we used to come up with lots of hacks and tricks to get free internet from our service provider because that time they used to use something called WAP. So that was really some fantastic those. I I really remember those days. I should be having a Nokia N79 somewhere in my house. I don't know. I need to resurrect it. And I remember when KNFB Reader, I didn't buy it, um, but KNFB Reader, I think when it first came out, they shipped it on a Nokia N82 and charged something improbably high, like over $1,000. Uh, and I guess you didn't have anything like that, so that's kind of fair enough. But if you think now that you can get Lookout and Seeing AI and Envision for free, it's crazy, really. But yeah, you're right. Talks, I think, here it was £150. Uh, I can't remember if you had to pay to move your license. You certainly had to move your license, though, uh, at G-Show. And I remember I, I got the um, the N97, which I think predated the C5. It, it was a touchscreen phone, but no QWERTY. And I thought I would try and get away with installing my non-touchscreen enabled version of Talks. I think it was because their touchscreen support wasn't out yet, and that did not go well. That did not work. Uh, so the the N97, which was quite a good phone at the time, 2009. So iPhones were out, but N- N97 was it was a credible phone back then. Um, uh, but yeah, my, my, my touchscreen journey with Nokia, in part because I had the wrong version of Talks, was very, very brief until I got the Windows Phone one and, uh, as, as John said, used, used Narrator. And I remember that day no. when we could use internet with the Nokia PC Suite using one-touch access. That is the name mm-hmm. of the option. With Mobile Speak, there were no two versions. The, the versions weren't separate. Uh, you had the uh, same mobile speak you could use on a phone or or non touch phone because I had also the C6, uh, which uh, was a touch screen and uh, you slide it to have a QWERTY keyboard. And I used mobile speak and it was actually um, with better modes and with better customizations if you compare it to TalkBack at that time. And it used the same gestures that you know now, the one finger gestures of TalkBack, the angular ones. Yeah. To be fair, I can't remember if Talks had two versions or just their touchscreen support wasn't out yet. It, it could have been either. Uh, but either way, I, uh, I I decided either to press ahead without it or to try and you know decide I didn't want to pay the port. What what do you know? Whatever the thing was, uh, and it, it didn't end well. 
no there were not two versions out but the touch screen support was not out at in the earlier versions of talk yeah but it was amazing i mean it was the first time i got that in 2002 on on the old nokia communicator that i had to buy from a market because nokia didn't have them anymore and no network network have them i, I was a university or college at the time and the only mode of communication anyone used was sms so you didn't have to plug your phone into your laptop to get nokia pc suite to read them anymore you could just do it on device absolutely revolutionary this is android basics in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your android phone Let's move on then to our Android basic section and we continue our look at One UI settings. And John talks about uh, location, location, location. Hello. Welcome back to our series on Samsung's One UI. Today we're going to be going to our next section of the settings, which is location. And it's going to look like this. Location. Location requests. I'm going to open it. Location. Navigate up. Button. And what we first have is a global switch at the top for whether location is turned on or not. On. Location. Switch. I have mine on. Here's where you would turn it off. You could also add this to your quick settings if you want a quick way to toggle it. App permissions. Then we have app permissions. I'm going to go in here. Location. Navigate up. Button. And this is going to be a list of all of your apps that would like access to your location for whatever reason. And it's broken into three headings. Location. Apps with this permission can access this device's location. Heading. Here's the first section. Allowed all the time. Heading. These are apps that you've given permission to track your location all the time. Android System Intelligence. Last accessed yesterday at 11.01 a.m. And it'll tell you the last time it was accessed by this Google. app. Google. Last accessed 9.22 a.m. I'm going to open this just to show you what, where it takes you. Location Permission. Navigate Up. Button. This is a page where you could choose the type of location permission. Selected. Allow all the time. Radio button. So it's allowed all the time. Not selected. Allow only while using the app. Radio button. You could change it to only while I'm using the app. Not selected. Ask every time. Radio button. Ask Not every selected. Time. Don't allow. Radio button. Never. And then you can choose the type of. Use precise location. When precise location is off, apps can access your approximate location. Off. Switch. So whether you want it to be precise or not. I'm going to back out. Location. Google. Last accessed 9.22 a.m. So the next heading we have is... Allowed only while in use. Heading. Allowed only while in use. So these are all the apps that you have allowed... When you're actually in the app using it, it'll track your location. For example, like if you have a shopping app like Best Buy and you want it to know your location so it could tell you the nearest store, but you don't want it always tracking you, that's the type of app you would have in this list. The next heading is Not Allowed. Heading. So, Not Allowed. These are all the rest of the apps that for whatever reason will request location permission and you have not yet granted it. I'm going to back out of this screen. Location. App permissions. So we're back on the main screen for location and the next setting we have is... Location services. Let's see what the location services are. Location services. Navigate up. Button. So here are all the types of location services that you can enable or disable. Earthquake alerts. On. So if your area supports earthquake alerts, you can 
Turn this owner off. Emergency location service. On. This is whether or not you want it to send your location to emergency services when you make a call in the U.S. It's 911. So if you were to call 911, it would send your location automatically. Keep in mind, even if you have this turned off, your carrier will most likely still send your location data when you do make an emergency call. It's different with every carrier, but just keep that in mind. Google location accuracy. On. Let's see what this is. Google location accuracy. Navigate up. Button. Google's location service improves location accuracy by using Wi-Fi, mobile networks, and sensors to help estimate your location. Google may collect location data periodically and use this data in an anonymous way to improve location accuracy and location-based services. Turning this off will result in your device only using GPS for location. This may impact the accuracy of location used by apps such as Maps and Find My Device. So there you go. Turning this on gives you a more accurate location. Location services. Google location accuracy. On. Next, we have Google Location History. Tap to manage. Let's go in here. Google Play Services. Close. Button. And here's a quick description of it. Location History. Saves where you go with your devices, even when you aren't using a specific Google service to give you personalized maps, recommendations based on places you visited, and more. Learn more. Link. And you can learn more if you want to. On. It's on. Turn off. Button. You could turn it off if you want. So if you're not comfortable with Google collecting all of your location information basically all of the time, you can come in here to turn it off. I'm going to back out. Location services. Google location history. Tap to manage. And next we have. Google location sharing. Tap to manage. Google account. Navigate up. Button. And here's a description of location sharing. Location sharing lets you share your real-time location from your devices with people you choose. What information is shared? Heading 3. People you share your location with can see your name, photo, and real-time location across Google services, even when you're not using Maps. They can also add location sharing notifications to know when you arrive at or leave specific locations. Shared information may include where you've recently been, how you're traveling, and your device info. You aren't sharing your real-time location with anyone on Google. Protect your privacy. To stop sharing your location with someone, tap stop next to their name. To temporarily stop all location sharing, turn off location in your device settings. Learn more about this in Google support. Opens in a new tab. Link. All right, so I'm going to back out. Location services. Google location sharing. Tap to manage. Next we have... Improve accuracy. Heading. And there are two items under this heading. Wi-Fi scanning. Let apps use Wi-Fi for more accurate location detection, even when Wi-Fi is off, on. Switch. And... Bluetooth scanning. Let apps use Bluetooth for more accurate location detection, even when Bluetooth is off, on. Switch. So basically, if you really want Wi-Fi to turn off when you turn it off, <laughs> and you really want Bluetooth to turn off when you turn it off, you can turn these switches off. Going back to the main location screen. Location. Location services. And then the last thing we have... Recent access. Heading. Is a list of apps that have recently accessed your location. Chrome. 62 minutes. Ago. And if you open these... Location permission. Navigate up. Button. It will take you to the same screen from earlier where you can choose what type of location, whether it be precise or not precise, and whether it can access all the time or not.
So that brings us to the end of this short but very important setting section location. I'll send it back to the crew now. So are you a generous man, John? Do you allow your apps to have their location permissions? Yeah, I do for the most part. Um, I'm not one of those people that's kind of paranoid about somebody knowing where I am at any given point. I mean, I know some people are different. I know. <laughs> I, I remember one of the new Oppo phones, you know, have the, the OnePlus phones have that slider switch, but I don't remember what they call it, but I call it scumbag mode. They have like a, you can put the switch into a position where it turns off camera, microphone, and location all at the same time without even having to take <laughs> your phone out of your pocket. On the OnePlus? No, the Oppo. Oh, the Oppo. Ah. <laughs> Amazing. That, 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 that sounds so, funny. I would be so upset if they did that to the OnePlus slider and didn't like allow you to change it back to like have it be uh, vibrate, silent, or ring. Yeah, I actually do I gonna... like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, that's what I liked about my OnePlus Eight. It's funny though, location services. So I know one country's military base got discovered, uh, and it was not one they wanted to publicize. And it got discovered because people had enabled location services on Strava, the running app. And they noticed that uh, uh, people in the army were running laps of a of a certain perimeter, and that that told everyone where the base was. So, uh, depending on what you do, uh, you might want to be careful which apps you allow to have access to your location permissions. Uh, what about you, Austin? Do, do you let apps uh, know where you are? I only let apps that require the permission. Not not all the apps, so. If there's something like Zomato or some medical app that delivery apps, like, for example, they require the permission, so I just grant them. But I'm also not paranoid, so I, if any app wants, I can just grant them, but not all the apps, because it also eats the battery on GPS. Yeah, but will you refuse it to some apps if they ask and you don't think the app should have it? Yeah, then I refuse them. Or I just let the app use whenever the app is being used. Not in the yeah. background. I'm. Uh, I would definitely use scumbag mode on the Oppo phone. I think I don't. Um, if it's a GPS app and I think it needs it, then fine. But uh, it's a very high bar uh, in my apps list for you to get uh, location permissions. Uh, what about you, Kareen? I'm the person who keeps location off all of the time, unless I need it. I turn it. I turn it on. And then when I finish, I immediately turn it off. And of course, I'm not the person who keeps the location history, that one related to Google. I don't know why Google wants to know every place that I go to or that why anyone would just let Google know all of this information. Um, and, and it wants yeah, to sell I'm, you I'm things. Like, I don't want them to sell me anything. They are already, no, they, they they already know to. a lot of, about me. They, they already yeah, know a lot they really want. They really, really want to. <laughs> Actually, I'm not the person uh, who is uh, that um, the, the, a target of advertisement because I'm not a person who pays a lot. So <laughs> they should go to someone else, like John. John is better, but... <laughs> and he keeps yeah. it on actually to help them. Yeah, John's yeah, ideal. You should, you should... He's... Of course, he is the best uh, person for 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 advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but people should just really um like be be careful about uh, at least the apps that ask for permissions uh, the location permission without really needing to because some apps really don't need the the location permission and people should just uh like think twice b b before giving this permission granting it to to any application especially if you have installed the apps out of the play store and if it Ask for permission, then you need to be really careful. Yeah, I, I agree. You should look at what the app does and see if it really needs location uh, before before you grant it. Yeah, sometimes it's it's very convenient to have location, even in the background in some cases. Like, I give my Nest app permission to always track me because I want, like, I want notifications from my backyard camera if somebody's in my backyard but not when I'm home because that's me in the backyard, you know? So I do want Nest to know when I'm home or not. So like 
if if you want your life to be a little more convenient in those situations, then you might want to allow certain apps to access it all the time. But generally, yeah, I don't let apps access it all the time. Um, even though I do have my Google location history turned on, as you saw in the demo, I, I just haven't gotten around to turning it off, I guess. Doesn't Nest use cameras, though? Yeah. So shouldn't it know it's you without location services being enabled? That's really, like, uh, you know. If... No, no, it doesn't, because it, it doesn't always see a face. If it sees like the back of me, it'll just say it's an unfamiliar face or something, or it'll just say person. If it sees the face, it'll say unfamiliar face, or it'll say who it is. But sometimes, even if it's me, it's it doesn't recognize me, and it says I'm an unfamiliar person. Is that when you've got the balaclava on and you're about to go and rob the bank? Probably. Yeah, that'd be why. Maybe don't 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 wear balaclavas and don't rob banks. Would be my suggestion. What about you, Sally? Well, I'm not that type of person. Uh, turns and location all the time. I'm only for delivery apps, and uh, also it's only when I'm using the app. In the background, I don't use location. But here's the thing: I don't like Google tracking me wherever I go. But at the end of the month, when they send me an email, I want to check wherever I've been. Like I just like I. Okay, this is the place that I've grown. Oh, really? Is it the place that I've been this day? I'm like, okay, super exciting. <laughs> I suppose it's good if we're falsely accused of criminal offences, isn't it? We can pull up our <laughs> Google location email and go, nope, I wasn't there, look. Since I was here, look, honestly. Um, the thing I want to say about location uh, settings as well, specifically location services, and it's a point I've made many times before, but uh, a key advantage of Android some services that have geo-blocking restrictions uh, have wised up to the fact that people are using virtual private networks, VPNs, to get around those, and they will uh, base the restriction on uh, your location services. Now, you might think, okay, I'll just turn it off, but they, they've wised to that as well, uh, and they will not allow you to uh, uh, access whatever service it is. Uh, this is even services you pay for, so if you if you if you are a UK subscriber, for instance, to something, and you pay for it, but you go abroad, you can't use it. And if it's using location services rather than VPNs, then uh, what do you do? Android happily, it's not in these settings, but it's related, allows you to have a mock location. Uh, developers use this in particular uh, to uh, perfect uh, their apps. Uh, so you need to enable developer options which you do typically by going into about phone and tapping on the build number or double tapping seven times, I think. Uh, and in there, you can turn on mock location. Uh, you need an app. So there are various ones on the Play Store. They all pretty much do the same thing. Uh, you set your location and then your phone thinks you're somewhere else and you can you can, you can can circumvent geo-blocking restrictions. I was going to say to your heart's content, that's not quite accurate because as with VPNs, uh, they, 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 they sometimes work and they sometimes don't. Sometimes the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the naughty parent geo-blocking app tumbles to what you're doing. But um, as with VPNs, it, you know, it's worth a retry. But uh, an, an important facet of uh, location and location circumventing on Android, which is much, much harder to do on iOS. This is the Spotlight segment. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing, and more. Now we move to our Spotlight section, and John unboxes his OnePlus 12. Hello, welcome to the unboxing of the OnePlus 12. Just got this in the mail today, and I did the pre-order, so I actually got a free wireless charger, 50-watt wireless charger with it, so I'm going to open that first. This is, I think it's called Vuk Charger, or something. It used to be called Warp Charger until they got into it with somebody, a lawsuit or something, and had to change the name, so now it's called Vuk. 
I don't even know how to spell it, but go ahead and open it. It's wrapped in plastic. This is the charger I'm opening right now, wireless charger. This is normally $50, if you're curious. And it's a 50 watt charger. All right, top off. Okay, it's kind of displayed nicely. It's like a wireless charging stand. Um, yeah, so it, you set your phone right on it. This one is white. I don't know if it comes in any different colors, but that's the one I got. And under it, there's a book, another book, a cable. It's a USB-C to USB-A cable, but no brick. So I guess you have to find your own brick somehow that's capable of 50 watts. Um, to be fair, though, OnePlus, unlike other manufacturers, still includes a charger in the box, which you'll see in a minute. So just to describe this, um, the there's two rubber feet on it that go across hor horizontally, so one across the front, one across the back. Of course, this is on the bottom. And then the part that you rest your phone on is at about a uh, 20, let's say, 35 degree angle. I'm going to set that aside and get to the main reason we're here. This is the OnePlus 12. Now, I don't think this has tabs to pull, so get out my good old-fashioned knife. Cut one side, and get the other side. All right, got the top off. There's nothing in the lid portion. Sitting on top is the sort of cardboard thing that has, let's see what it has. It's got, wow, this is all just books and stuff. I was expecting a cable or something, but it seems it's just, okay, there's a little adapter also, uh, OTG adapter <laughs> that you could very easily miss. It's kind of hidden away in there. The rest are just books and a uh, sim ejection tool. I think. Let's see, I haven't found it yet. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in here. I don't know what all this stuff is. A lot of cardboard and paper. Um, okay, there's the tool. So I'll just leave this on top in case I need it. And then under all that, of course, is the phone. I'm going to set it aside for a second. See what's under the phone. So the phone is in a little tray. I'm going to set that tray aside. There is a giant charger. Charging brick. It's a... Uh, Oh, obviously, well, I guess it's not obvious, but it has a USB-A port on it for charging. It's large because I think it's 100 watts. And then it comes with a cable that I'm assuming is red because OnePlus is famous for their red cables. And now this is the obvious part. It's USB-A to USB-C. So... Kudos to OnePlus charger, not only a charger in a box, but a very fast charger in the box. Of course, if you, do, if you don't want to charge it fast, you don't have to use this charger. You can use any USB-C charger. 
Now to the phone. Okay, it's heavy. Warren would like this one. He likes heavy phones. Okay. Um, it's got a sticker on the back. Get that off. Um, okay, the, the camera module is huge. It's round. So I'll, I'll describe the back first. It's got a matte. It's got a matte finish to it. It doesn't. I don't know what it's made of, but it feels nice. I it doesn't feel like glass. I thought it was glass, but oh, the phone is on somehow. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you turn off the screen. That got turned on at some point during my unboxing, but I just hit the side key to turn off the screen while I describe it. Um, yeah, the back has a matte feel to it. The camera bump, if you want to call it that, is huge. It's circular. It's, I guess, it's about the size of like the top of a can of soda. And it's located near the top left of the phone. And I think to the top left of it is the flash. Because it's because it's round, there's a little room to the top left of it in that corner. The shape of the phone is complete. Well, I wouldn't say completely, but almost completely flat on the top and the bottom. But on the sides, it's still a little round. It's not as round as like the S23 Ultra, or I should say the S22 Ultra used to be. I guess it's, it feels more like the S23 Ultra. It just starts to curve right near the edge. But the edges are, the sides, the left side and the right side are round. They're not flat. I guess OnePlus didn't get the memo that everybody was copying Apple this year and making their phones flat on the, <laughs> on the edges. Um... So, along the right side, we have, and this is different this year, the volume keys near the top, and under that is the power button or side key, whatever you want to call it. In last year's model, the volume keys were on the other side. Um, speaking of the other side, now that's where, on the left side, the switch is for the mute switch. Along the top, it just feels like there's a microphone, and that's about it. And then on the bottom, looks like there's a USB-C port in the middle, obviously. Maybe a SIM tray to the left of that, and a speaker to the right of that. So, since this is already on, I'm going to power it up. Now, I'm assuming I'm on the setup screen. I'm going to press and hold two fingers, see if that does anything. Still holding. I'm not even sure what screen I'm on, obviously. But that's not doing anything. I'm going to try the volume keys now. Press and hold them. Okay, I felt a vibration. Release the volume keys. To turn on TalkBack, press and hold both volume keys again for three seconds. Alright, I'm going to do it again. TalkBack on. Welcome to TalkBack. Welcome to TalkBack. Page one of five. TalkBack is a screen reader intent. I'm backing out of that. Scanning for a QR code. Allow Android accessibility suite to send you notifications. Allow. Wow. Scanning for a QR code. Heading. Front camera. Button, switch camera. Double tap to activate. I guess I'm supposed to scan a QR code Scanning or something. Scanning for a QR code. Heading. Let me see if I can back out of this. Startup wizard. Okay. Hello. Back at the startup. Next. Image. I just want to see if this has like the quick setup. Hello. Next. Image. Or not. Startup wizard. 
Accessibility. Double tap to activate. Select language. Select the default language for your system. English, selected, radio button, in Catalan, not selected, radio button. Next, button, out of list. I'm gonna hit next. Settings, select region. Gotta select my region, I guess. United States, not selected, radio button, in list. Selected. Continue, button, out H of list. Hitting continue. Double tap to activate. Startup wizard. Legal information. Let me turn this up a little bit. User experience program optional. Actually, I'm going to turn it up all the way to see how loud it is. Accessibility volume set to 85%. Okay, that has good speakers on it. User experience program optional. Okay, at least as far as I can tell from a TTS. Double tap to activate. Back button. Let's see. Back button. Double tap to activate. Back button. Back. User agreement. Windows startup wizard. Double tap to activate. Oh, I'm going to hit next. I've agreed to all this. Startup wizard. Connect to a mobile network. Let's see if I can skip this. Next. Button. Back. Button. Use eSIM. SIM2. Gestures. Image. Insert a SIM card if you have one. Connect to a mobile network. Next. Button. Back. Button. Next. Button. I'm just going to hit next. Wireless settings. Connect to Wi-Fi. Select a network. Okay, so it looks like I'm going to have to sign into my network. I just wanted to see if it gave you the option to quick pair like Pixels and Samsung devices do so that you don't have to put in any of this information. But it doesn't look like that's the case. So I'll end the unboxing here. I don't want to bore you with the setup. But again, thank you for listening. So, John, you've had it in the hand for a while. If we park the uh, issue about cricket and phone calls, what, what do you make of it? I like it. It's a good phone. Um, I'm planning on doing a demo and review of it, so I won't get into too many of the details, but it's good. It's, i say accessibility-wise, it's probably more accessible than the Zenfone, the Asus Zenfone. A lot more of the OnePlus apps, almost all of the OnePlus apps have mostly labeled buttons i mean with with asus it was like none of the apps had any, any labeled buttons you had to label them yourself so I'm, I'm impressed with that um and then you know it's good hardware i'm liking that mute switch you know that's what sets the OnePlus apart from pretty much every other android manufacturer and have you had chance to try the l on the talkback braille keyboard yet <laughs> yes, I have. That's one of the first things I, I looked into. So, interestingly enough, there are gestures, uh, global gestures for tapping with three fingers to take a screenshot and swiping with three fingers to take a, a long screenshot, like where it will scroll your screen and add to the screenshot. But, and they're turned on by default, but it never caused any issues with the Braille keyboard. So, I haven't even had to turn those off. For whatever reason, the Braille keyboard works great. Interesting. Uh, so they are being passed through effectively then by TalkBack, which seems, I don't know, could be, you know, could be one thing. Well, that's really good to know because uh, I know it's attractive hardware. Uh, uh, I have another question, but I'll save it for the review. <laughs> okay. I'll tantalize people who don't care in the slightest about the question I haven't asked. <laughs> And now, the G-Show, or what Austin refers to as the Joshua Screen Reader, a.k.a. Commentary Screen Reader, CSR. This is where some feature of this screen reader is demonstrated. And now we move into the next in our series on G-Show Commentary, and Kareen shows us uh, a new mode which allows G-Show to spoof talkback which in certain circumstances can provide greater accessibility where apps expose things to talkback and not Jishuo. Hi. The Jishuo Auxiliary Service, or Talkback Spoofer, is a recently added accessibility service that aims to improve compatibility 
of Jishuo with some systems and apps. This works by pretending that TalkBack is running, so the system and other apps will think that TalkBack is active, which may lead to better experience when using Jishuo or to removing certain limitations. Examples on Xiaomi phones, there were issues when trying to start Jishuo in certain situations. This, um, this service was created to try to fix this problem. Also, on some phones, I think Oppo, OnePlus, and Realme, if you try to activate a notification using double tapping, this will work with TalkBack, but not with Jishuo. With Jishuo, you have to use the direct click option. The new service solves this. On uh, Samsung phones, if you register a fingerprint or a face ID, the information and hints that will be read by TalkBack are more than the ones that Jishuo can reach. And using the new service, this limitation should be removed and Jishuo will be able to read all of those hints. And Generally, even if you are not facing any issue, you can just use the new service because it will launch the Jishuo Plus, the same Jishuo that you have with the same settings. So I advise people to use the new service and if no issues are observed, just to keep using it. The new service is only available in the Jishuo Plus it's not available in the Jishuo Lite. To find the new service, you have to go to the accessibility settings in your phone. And uh, it should be among the installed services. I'll open accessibility settings using the shortcut in the Jishuo settings. Main menu. Jishuo settings. GC accessibility settings. Accessibility. I'm using a Samsung phone. I go to installed apps. Contact us about accessible installed apps. One of 10 apps are in you. Installed apps. The name may be different on other phones, but it is where the installed accessibility services can be activated, including, of course, the main Jishuo Plus service. Select to speak here. Select off. Navigate up button. Off. Off. Only off. Because the new service is still in Chinese. And if your TTS engine can't detect the Chinese letters, you will just hear off or on if it is active. I'll double tap. Navigate up button. This is the name of the service. If I use the translation. OCR. Interpretation Assistance Services. If I swipe again, it is now on the off state. Um, it is not saying off. It's saying nothing. If I double tap here, I will be able to activate the service. I'll swipe again. Shortcut. Here I can assign a shortcut. Shortcut off switch. Swiping again, shortcut off. So I should enable this to be able to assign a shortcut. There is something which is very important. Don't try to enable the new service while using the main Jishuo service. This will lead to crashes. This will lead to issues. So it's important to turn off Jishuo first and then activate the new service. The easiest way, of course, is to use a shortcut. Or you can just uh, try to, to enable the service. And when you, you have the allow button, don't press it. If you are able to know where it is located on the screen, just turn off Jishu and tap the Allah. I'll um, assign a shortcut. I'll tap here. Allow to have full control of your phone. Allow button. Allow. Settings. Shortcut on switch. Shortcut hold volume up and down keys. Shortcut. I'll, I'll double tap. Shortcut. Now, shortcut. Shortcut. 
Select actions you can use to start. Use accessibility gesture unchecked swipe up from the bottom of the screen with three fingers. I can use the accessibility gesture. Ex press and hold volume up and down keys for three seconds checked. The, the, uh, the longer pressing of the volume keys. Press side Better. and volume up keys unchecked. Side and volume up, which is only available on Samsung devices. Already, um, I assigned before the volume up and volume down keys. Uh, so, I'll go back. If you are on Android 13 or later, you have to enable restricted settings because when you try to launch the service, you will be uh, warned or you will be told that the this setting is restrict, restricted. You have to go to the app info of Joshua Plus and tap more options and allow restricted settings to be able to use the service. Shortcut hold volume up and down. GCUO light off. APH off. GCUO plus on. I'll now uh, turn GCUO plus main service off. GCUO plus. Turn off GCUO plus. Turn off button. Welcome GCUO plus. I used the volume up and volume down holding shortcut to turn on the new service. I'll go back. In GCO light off. Select to speak here, select it on. There are certain issues that the new service can't solve. Like if you are facing certain focus issues when you are using GCO in some apps, not when you are using TalkBack. Also the problem of Google Assistant uh, when using the accessibility volume in Jishuo, which is impacting a lot of users and preventing Google Assistant from listening to your commands. This will not be fixed when using the new service. But the new service is still beneficial. It still has its advantages. And it's recommended to try using the new service and to keep using it if you don't have any problem. Thank you for listening. So, Kareen, here is where I do have to channel the my inner Warren just to annoy you. What I took away from that is that, you know, TalkBack is so much better than Jishiro that Jishiro has to pretend to be TalkBack in order to work. Okay, Warren... Uh... I will tell you something. The problem is that some manufacturers and app developers are blinded by Google's marketing, uh, fake Google's marketing regarding TalkBack, and they think that it is the only screener available. So they give it um, some privileges. Jishu needed to 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 in and to to like the problem. Without trying to negotiate this with developers and Google, just to help users without doing a lot of buzz and noise. Ah, uh, so yes, that, that that that's one way of looking at it. That uh, uh, Talkback had uh, privileged access and G Show didn't. But uh, again, I think I think I think listeners will be able to draw uh, draw draw their own conclusions from that. I know he will will be winner from from this moment. <laughs> all good things must end thus it's curtain drawing time bringing us to the close of this week's episode coming up though we give you information on how to get hold of us That's it from us for this week, folks. Austin, how can people get in touch with us? To contact us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. We shall be back next week. Uh, Say bye-bye to the nice people, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week. Thank you.